Hello, hello, lovely listeners. All of you ghouls and goblins. And everything in between. Welcome to Across the Veil with Zelda Kimball and Emma Ragsdale. Hello, Emma. Are we ready to talk about a spooky Singapore happening today? Always, always. I recently watched Crazy Rich Asians again. Mm -hmm. It just makes me miss home so much every single time. I mean, how could it not? Like, it makes me miss Singapore and I've never been there. It's so good. It's such a good movie. You just see all the things and you're like, yeah. I remember when you when you showed me that movie and halfway through you started crying. Yeah, and why I was wouldn't like, I? Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know what? I get it. That looks amazing. Do you ever watch movies about Philadelphia and get sad? Yes. Yes, I absolutely do. It's just funny. It's weird. Home is a weird feeling. Ask us if we're homesick. Very. Very. Yeah, haven't been back in almost three years at this point. She's got me beat. To be fair, COVID. COVID. And America did not handle it very well. No, it did not. Still isn't. Still isn't. So let's talk about some horror that isn't uh, the disease that's ravaging our country still. (laughs) Well, it is almost my dad's birthday. (gasps) Happy birthday, Devin. And I say this because while Singapore is relatively new in terms of age as independence as a country, it's got a much longer history as an island nation. So the Singapore that we know today turned 50 in 2015, which does make it younger than my dad. (laughs) Singapore, baby country. Baby. Infant. Toddler. Yes. But the tiny red dot, which is what we call it, because it's like literally minuscule on any map, it actually has a much longer and larger and more disturbing history. It was a Japanese stronghold during the Second World War, and it was a huge port town ruled by the Dutch in the 17th century. So there's a lot more to Singapore than just its recent years. One of Singapore's most haunted spots, however, is unequivocally Hopar Villa. It's billed as a theme park, and that's in quotations because we do not mean a (laughs) Disney-type theme park. Uh Uh-uh. No, this is not Disney. This is not Six Flags. Not Universal. It's definitely not Universal. It's a lot scarier than all of those. Oh, dear. It's a festival of horrors that is still frightening Singaporeans 82 years after its grand opening. So it's older than the country? Yep. Wow. (laughs) It's old, old. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's located along Pasar Panjang Road, and Hopar Villa boasts over a thousand statues and around 150 dioramas that showcase famous scenes from Chinese folklore and includes legends from Buddhism and Confucian history, as well as many other historical stories and tales. Cool. Sounds kind of fun. It's like, ooh, a bunch of creepy statues. Yeah. That's fun for the whole family. We love things with dead eyes staring at us. No rides. What? There's like no no rides, no, no roller coasters. It's like a gigantic hall of presidents. From yes. Yes. That's actually pretty accurate. It's a gigantic, <laughs> horrific, folklore-inspired hall of presidents, or like a Madame Tussauds wax museum. Ooh. Those are very, very scary. Those are uncanny. Yeah. I don't like, I've never been to one. Don't wish to be. My favorite thing though is when the celebrities like get like a bad one, they see it and their faces just scream, burn it. Oh, what if they were scented? <laughs> Could you imagine? <gasps> scented Madame Tussauds wax figures. That's incredible. Hey, if a celebrity has like a perfume line. That's incredible. Yeah. I do love that. Well, During the 70s and 80s, the park was a huge, lucrative hit, attracting both locals and tourists. But in the years since, it has lost its appeal and has become a free park for modern explorers 
to wander through and be entertained by the wild myths of the past. In 1926, brothers Abun Har and Abun Par moved their business from Burma, which is now known as Myanmar, to Singapore. Their business, by the way, was Tiger Balm. And if you know, you know, but it's basically a menthol salve and it's magical. Mm -hmm. And the closest thing Americans have is Vicks Vapor Rub, but it doesn't come close. Like Tiger Balm is like that on steroids. Damn, I want that it's shit. It's really good. You put it on your chest and you just feel like all of your sinuses are like, <gasps> Yeah. I need it. It's really good. So the site where they moved their business to would eventually become known as Hopar Villa, and it was purchased in 1935 and was intended as a gift from the elder brother Ha to his younger brother Par. The site apparently had fantastic feng shui, but it did prove to be unlucky for the brothers, who fled to Burma during the Japanese occupation of Singapore during the Second World War. Tragically, Par died before he was ever able to return to Singapore. Saddened by the loss of his brother, Ha decided to commission statues to be built and turn the land into a park that taught and celebrated traditional Chinese folktales and mythology. How sweet is that? That's, That's so like sweet. good brothers loving each other. It's like, yeah. he couldn't come back to see this piece of land, so I'm going to make it into a park for him. That's beautiful. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Would you do that for your sister? Hell yeah. And make it something fucking weird. Like, just make it a goblin park for all of the little creatures she makes. Fair enough. Hey, fair enough. I think she'd appreciate that a she'd lot. She'd love that. Natty, if you're listening, I'll make you a goblin park. <laughs> Apparently, during construction of the site, a bomo, or a witch doctor, would use the open space to conjure spirits and ask paranormal deities for favors, like love blessings or lottery numbers. You know, casual. It's like, this place got good vibes. Good vibes. Mind if I sneak in under the cover <laughs> of darkness and do some wackadoodle shit? Might as well. Might as well. It's free real estate. Free real estate. The vibes are good. So the Boma would call upon spirits and ghouls from other realms. But he wasn't very good because he'd not return them back to their planes. So these creatures would instead inhabit the statues in the park as they had no way back to their homes and were stuck in ours. One of the most haunted attractions is the Ten Courts of Hell, which is essentially a man-made cave that depicts all of the circles of hell from the Buddhist perspective. Gotta say, it makes sense that would be haunted. From Sometimes <laughs> you create things to be haunted. Sometimes you do it to yourself. Sometimes you're inviting the haunting. The spirits are supposedly drawn here because it reminds them of where they're from. The park was a huge hit in the 50s and 60s, but the revival in the 80s is what made it the paranormal palace that we know today. In the 1980s, the Singaporean Tourism Board put a bunch of money into the park in a bid to get children interested in traditional Chinese folklore again. By 1986, an investment of $30 million was given to modernize the park. Woo! with the majority of funds going towards animatronics to make things seem more like Disneyland, but with a focus on Asian perspectives. Yeah, because we all know that animatronics really makes things less creepy. That's one of my big fears. Animatronics? Animatronics. Like, I don't like them. They move janky, and they're cursed. See, the reason that I like them so much is because they look so cursed and janky. <laughs> I'm like, that looks fucked up. I want to watch that. It's going to come after me! I hate animatronics, and I hate mascots. What's in there? A mascots corpse? Mascots I hate. Who's to say? Who's to say? It's a dilapidated corpse. That's what's rattling around in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I got so sorry. Rattling around in there. <laughs> it's rattling around in there. Have you ever seen Gritty? Yes, I love Gritty. Gritty's my favorite mascot. Gritty's a good boy. There's nothing wrong with Gritty except for who he is. <laughs> and that's why we love him. There's no one in there. <laughs> no one's in there. There's nothing and just no one vibes. in there. It's just Gritty. <laughs> 
The 80s was a huge time for global westernization, so the push for entertainment based in tradition was a really popular idea, especially in Southeast Asia, where we're like, hey, we gotta get these kids, you know, out of Disneyland and into Hopar Villa. <laughs> So by 1988, what had been called Tiger Bomb Gardens was renamed Hopar Villa Dragon World as an ode to the original owners. Don't know where they got dragon. They're like, dragons are cool. <laughs> dragons dragons well. are super cool. So the statues were restored and an outdoor theater was built to host things like lion dances, drum groups, and acrobats. So the only issue that came with the renovated park was the steep price of admission which no one wanted to pay because they'd been going for cheap for so many years that it's like, wait, why are you raising the prices? I was here when I was 12 and it was much cheaper. Don't want to go back. Yeah. The venture lost millions of dollars over the next few decades and fell into ruin. By 1998, the park was forced to offer free entry, but the damage to the original reputation had been done. They were like, you sold out. <laughs> you sold out. They did. And with no more money coming in, the attractions fell again to disrepair. The park is still free entry and it operates from 9am to 7pm all days of the week. The park was so iconic that in 2012, the nearby MRT station, which is what we call our subway, was named Hopar Villa, which makes getting to the spookiest place in Singapore super convenient. There's oh, like yeah. literally a train stop right there, baby. Just pop on over. As I've said before, Hopar Villa is best known for its 10 Courts of Hell attraction. There are literally thousands of little people and demon statuettes, so they're like an inch tall, in the various layers of hell. Wow. It used to be set inside of a 60 meter long Chinese dragon. Dragon world. <gasps> dragon world. Dragon world. Mystery solved itself. Now we get it. <laughs> it used to be set inside of a 60 meter long Chinese dragon, and you were supposedly also supposed to be traveling through the belly of this beast as you went through hell. But now it just looks like a cage, which isn't any less fucking terrifying. No, no, that might be worse. Yeah, it's just a cavernous maw now. Yeah, that's worse. Much worse, I think. The lighting in the cave is really dim with minimal spotlights and ambient red lights to highlight the various types of crimes and punishments given out in hell. There's also terrifying music playing on a PA system that hasn't been updated since the 90s. And there are certain spots that trigger overhead lights based on movement. So you never quite know what horrors await you. Yeah, that's terrifying. Horrifying, it's like bad, scratchy, Cantonese traditional pop from the 90s. Oof. Like that is the soundtrack to a horror movie for sure. Mm -hmm. Some of the torture being depicted in gruesome realism include tax dodgers being pounded by a stone mallet. And if you lent people money with really high interest rates, you would be thrown into a hill of knives. Obviously. Deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Cheaters or people who curse get strung up on the knife tree. Oh fuck. <laughs> and people. <laughs> I'm on the knife tree. Knife tree. Knife tree. <laughs> then you'd just be hanging with a bunch of other cool cats. I'd be like, what up, motherfuckers? <laughs> the knife tree. And they'd be like, ayo, like, bitch. And the knife tree's like, ah, ah, ah. That's why you're on me. Oh, a knife tree. Oh, here's a good one. And people who owned pornography or wasted food would have their bodies sawn in half. That's so harsh. This is just hell. Like, it's like, oh, you own porn? You like porn, you fucking weirdo? I'm gonna saw you in half. And you're gonna live through it. <sighs> Other attractions include multiple dioramas of scenes from famous legends, like the legend of the white snake and the romance of the three kingdoms. There are also tons of severed heads on rocks, you know, decor. Decor. 
purple koalas, and my favorite is the huge crab body with a woman head. Like the like the thing from Toy Story. Oh my god. As well as the 12 animals in the Chinese zodiac. There's also statues of the Ah brothers and their parents to honor their legacy, as well as so many other statues and dioramas. Google all the statues. You'll see them. They're horrifying. <laughs> Artistic, horrifying. Horrifying. Apparently, the entrance to the Ten Courts of Hell is an actual portal to hell. Which, you know, I've been, so I kind of believe that. During the night, the spectral activity is rumored to be off the charts, especially around the opening of this exhibit. Thrill-seekers who dared to go into the cave at night have described hearing eerie screaming from disembodied voices and the odd sensation that they were always being watched by many pairs of eyes. People who have walked by the park at night also report hearing wails and cries, and many do decide to not be anywhere near the park at nighttime. Security guards who have been hired to keep people away during dark hours spend part of their paychecks on offerings to the spirits, as a way to keep themselves safe from the goings-on after dark. One of the stories from an ex-security guard goes, One night, a security guard heard a pack of dogs loudly barking near the front gates. Assuming that they were bullying a local cat, the guard went to investigate with just his flashlight. As he rounded on the group of five or six dogs, he heard their barks turn into whines of fear. Frightened, he shone his flashlight into the forested darkness, just in time to see the tail of a humongous snake slither back into the darkness. Now snakes are very common in Singapore, so the man turned to go back to his post when he noticed that something was amiss from the tableau that decorates the entrance to the park. Where there had once been a serpent statue, now there was just an empty space. The guard quickly ran back to his post and locked himself in until daylight, when he was relieved by the morning shift. He cautiously went to go check on the sign. During the night alone, he had convinced himself that some teens had vandalized the park and stolen the statue, but surprisingly it was still there, with a tuft of what looked like brown fur stuck in between its massive jaws. Come to think of it, the guard realized that he hadn't heard the dogs barking the rest of the night. The statues come to life at night. Poor puppies. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Horrifying. Horrifying. I don't like snakes. I like snakes. I don't want to see a really, really big one. No. No, that's, they're very <laughs> muscular. Yeah. Something about their rippling muscles it's scares me. It's the muscles in the mouths for me. Yeah. I don't like them. I like it when their mouths are closed and they look a little cute. I also like it to watch them drink water because I think it's funny. <laughs> and then it's funny. <laughs> it's just a good time. It's a great time. But if it's big and it's rippling and muscular, eh. Mm-hmm. So that's not one of the only scary stories that's come out of the park. I've actually been, and I had my own slightly paranormal thing happen to me when I was visiting with friends. Now this happened when I was 16 and we did go during daylight hours just to explore around, like see the sights. This place, truly terrifying. So we go into the 10 courts of hell and we're looking at all the little dioramas and I don't know how, but I get separated from my group of friends. Oh no. And I'm just like in this dark cave that is hell. I'm hearing like creepy music playing over the speakers and I'm a little bit freaked out. I'm still, I'm a little bit of a scaredy cat in the dark. Don't like not knowing where I'm going. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's human. <laughs> it totally is. 
So I'm sure that it wasn't meant to be set up like a maze, but in the dark, it was really easy to get lost. I was wandering around and I was in complete darkness. It was definitely one of the spotlights that like was a motion sensor. Mm -hmm. So I felt eyes on the back of my neck. I turn around and all of a sudden there's a mirror there and the spotlight goes onto the mirror and I see myself standing. The rest of it's all dark and it's like horrifying yeah. because I don't hear the music anymore. Oh, that's so scary. And I don't know where my friends are. And I'm looking at this thing in the mirror and its face starts to stretch into kind of a grimace. And it's me and I'm looking at myself in a mirror, but I know my face isn't doing that. Yeah. And I'm literally just surrounded by darkness at this point. It was really awful. And then I heard like a voice and it wasn't like a voice, but it was like kind of a pull at the base of my neck to turn around. Like I was being compelled to like get closer to the thing in the mirror. And then the lights flickered and I felt a hand grab my arm and I turned around and I screamed and it was my friend Tia. And she was like, hey, everything good? We lost you back there. We were like crossing the bridge of souls and we were like, Zelda's not with us anymore. It was so terrible. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. This sucks. Like, this go. is awful. And I'm sure that, like, the mirror was supposed to be like, a, oh, look at all these awful things that happen in hell. If you do this, you're in here too. Mm -hmm. It was so horrifying. And I don't know if it was, like, my overactive imagination or something, like, seriously sinister was, like, in that mirror trying to get me to get into that mirror. Mm -hmm. No. I mean, even if it is just your imagination, since, as we've read studies about before, yeah. like, looking into a mirror for even just, like, a little while too long can make your face look weird to you. Yeah. Especially when you're already scared. It's probably an exactly. old mirror that wasn't, like, wrapped properly. A little bit warped. Mm-hmm. Does not make it any less terrifying. Yeah. Or any less sinister. Especially if, like, suddenly the music's gone. You're like, oh. Like, there was, like, the blood rushing in my ears. It was all just awful. <laughs> yeah, it sounds terrible. They say that the gateway to the other realms is especially thin during the Hungry Ghost Festival, which is very similar to Samhain. So ghosts and other family members who have passed are allowed into our realm to seek entertainment and food. During this time, it is said that spirits who have inhabited the statues come to life and walk around the area, exploring their new haunt. A few years ago, a bunch of the statues were decommissioned due to being too run down and ugly. <laughs> Decommission me. You're ugly. You're done. You're done. You're ugly. You're out. It's like America's Next Top Model. America's Next Top statue of a Chinese parable. Gross. But instead of just removing them from the park, instead they were thrown into a pit off the premises. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, they just threw them into a pit. Rumors say that sometimes you can still see these discarded figures walking back to their original positions, angry that they had been moved. Everything always returns to normal by morning, so there must be some kind of good spirit keeping the peace of these spooky grounds. But like, that's scary Toy Story shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's wander about when the humans can't see us. Yeah, let's just go on a cute little stroll. Yeah, don't love that. I hope they have like fun little relationships and like dynamics. There's drama. Yeah. It's like the real housewives of Hot Par Villa. Exactly. <laughs> or like, like they have their own like office style show. I would pay good money right? to see a haunted office style show. One of show. them's like, yeah, so I just got thrown in the pit the other day. <laughs> um, Everyone's like, pit, 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 pit. pit. <laughs> Things are not going great for me right now. The pit is not my favorite place I've ever been to. No. Somebody else like, it is mine. <laughs> I love the pit. I like the pit. <laughs> Shut up, pit, Tony. Sorry. After the stories I've told you, do you believe that this place could really be haunted? Or do you think it's more so just the very disturbing subject matter and the old technology gives everything a sense of unease that feels wrong in our very modern world? Also, would you come visit with me? Yes. <laughs> I would. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Take a little journey. Yeah, why see not? See some spooky things. Sounds absolutely terrifying. I get very scared in mazes, so I'd go into the ten portals of hell, and I would probably have a very similar experience to you. Yeah, <laughs> well, somebody's gonna try to steal your soul, mm-hmm. suck it out of your body. Yep. Also, I feel like statues just have a sense of uncanny valley that make people feel uneasy around them. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of them. Yeah. Especially very disturbing ones that are old. That are literally meant to be disturbing. Yeah. This week, we have a promo for an audio drama that's really special to us. You might hear a familiar voice if you ever give it a listen. The podcast is Outgrowth, and it's now being hosted on Realm. Be sure to check it out. The Remus family is traveling deep into the forests of Oregon to commune with Mother Nature. No one ever said they'd like what they hear. From the rain-soaked forest of the Pacific Northwest comes Outgrowth, a tale of twisted terror written by Katrina Salakrup and brought to you by the podcast curation specialist at Realm. This feast for the ears blends theatrical performances directed by Michael Cavender with an original musical score composed and performed by We Are Parasols. It's a sonically immersive musical mixtape to our creative inspirations. John Carpenter, David Cronenberg, and The X-Files. We invite audiences at Realm and beyond to tune into Outgrowth and enjoy a ride through the woods like no other. Available wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, we're done. So we'll see you next time. Across the Veil.